everyone, we'll get going in just a minute. All right, everyone, welcome to, uh, <laughs> hello, fellow turfs. Too soon. Welcome to Single Minded Conversations. I'm your host, Jesse Single. I'm a podcaster and journalist. Check my stuff out at jessesingle.substack.com and blockreported.org. We just recorded a uh, episode today. Um, too late and too soon. Uh, <clears throat> thank you guys for joining me. Uh, uh, you should get in the queue if you have any question or comment or anything. <clears throat> I finally, um, for the first time in ever, in so long, I just, this is so pathetic to even say out loud, but I just like got off Twitter for most of the day. It was really as simple as logging out last night, like clicking log out. I have two-factor authentication and I don't know my own password. I copy and paste it from somewhere. Um, just these little roadblocks to signing on help keep me off it. But just logging off and then in the morning when I sat down on my laptop to work, not logging back in and not having that tab open it's crazy um, what it did to my ability to work. I mean, I don't know if this will last, but like I am so demoralized about my relationship to Twitter. Like it's not, it's not funny or cute anymore. Be like, yeah, I'm, I'm addicted to the same tee. Like, no, it, it, it sucks. I feel like I'm wed to this horrible, toxic platform that I, at this point genuinely need to promote everything, including this. Like I, I logged back on a couple hours ago to post that this room was happening and um, I wish I could just leave, leave. And it is such a weird source of just like toxicity and makes me so much dumber. I also realized like, as I was just going about my day to day, I had a weird number of errands. I have to renew my passport. And this thing popped into my head that I would have tweeted if I was online, just a dumb random observation about renewing my passport that no one needs to hear. What I'm curious about is like, what happens if I don't discharge that into Twitter? If I just like keep it in my head, I'm sort of wondering if that is more healthy because then it just, it, it fades or it is connected to other thoughts. I think the fact of just like blasting it into Twitter probably makes it harder to like think in an interesting way. I've definitely, my brain doesn't work as well as it used to. I don't know how much of that is Twitter. Maybe I should uh, not blame Twitter. Pongo2, what's up? Other people give me the cue. Uh, hi Jesse, I'm gonna one up you because I just uh, I just deleted my Twitter account yesterday. Ah, um, I'm jealous. For basically the same reason. Yeah. Uh, Have you do you feel it yet? Oh, I I still feel it. Uh, I've been trying. I've been trying for like uh, I, it's not quite a New Year's resolution, but it sort of happened around the same time. I've started like carrying a book around with me again, so that I have I, I in order to do something like besides look at my phone, and right. or God forbid, just sit in silence and not have any distraction for a few seconds, oh, which I would that. also no. be incapable of. This, yeah. this isn't the goddamn Stone Ages, man. It's <laughs> just like, anyway, don't be ridiculous. But uh, yeah, no, no. So yeah, I've just got through. I got through like a hundred pages of Dante's Inferno today. Yeah, hundred pages of what? Uh, Dante's Inferno. Oh, nice. I thought you said I thought you said someone's journal. I was like, whose journal did you steal? That you're I mean, reading? it's sort of a fictionalized journal, yeah. I suppose. A, a fictionalized. What, cir- what circle of hell are you at? Oh, uh, I just got to this where all the arch heretics are. I think I'm on circle number six or something. Gotcha. Yeah. You just one weird thing you realize. I've, I've been reading a lot of like original like uh, medieval literature lately. One thing you don't you you realize is how much. Um, the old Greek mythology was still around and still like something that was like very much incorporated into their own stuff. Cause yeah. like Dante, like if you're reading Dante, then there's like the Furies and Cerberus and, and, uh, 
stuff. And obviously, like, you know, he's being guided by Virgil because that's, he's Virgil's biggest fan. So he's, he's the guy guiding him through hell. And, but yeah, but all these Greek mythology creatures showing up. And before this, I read, um, what was it? Anacom, Anacom Nena, the Alexiad. And she was saying, uh, talking about stuff like that, like all their soldiers were sons of Ares and stuff, even though they were Christians. And anyway, it's interesting. That's really cool. Uh, just the influence yeah. they've had. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say. I just wanted to brag. How, how psychologically do you find yourself tempted to go back on Twitter? Do you, do you feel more clear-headed? What are the symptoms? I, I, or benefits? I keep I, I keep pulling out my phone and going to Twitter, and then it's like, "Hey, join Twitter," and then I'm just like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, oh, I'm spending more time on Reddit. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's probably know. not like some of. I feel like if I leave Twitter, some of my Twitter time will go to Reddit or Facebook, but whatever it goes it's, to, as long as it's, it's not my, like Stormfront, it will be better. It's my box on. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. it's what. You suboxone, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, thank you. Good luck staying off Twitter. I do keep it off my – I think I've told this story before, but I decided to take it off my phone when in the summer of 2018 – must have been 2018. We were in Montreal as part of my dad's 70th birthday celebration, and I was just walking around myself during part of the day. Montreal, this incredible city, awesome place, and I'm on Twitter fucking arguing with people. That was what convinced me I cannot have Twitter on my phone anymore. Anyway, Justin, what's up? Hey, man. Uh, oddly enough, I'm from Montreal, and uh, you made the wrong decision by uh, not enjoying the city. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was able to also enjoy the city, but yes, I was distracted. I was underwhelmed by the one Montreal bagel I had, but I have, as a Jew in New York, I have high bagel standards. You know, th- uh, th- this is like a cultural war that like exists yeah. in the ether that I'm aware of, but I also prefer the New York bagel, and I feel bad for it. They're, they're, they're just better, I think, but nothing wrong with Montreal bagels. They're different. Yeah. Um, so uh, Twitter, I'm going to shit on it with you here. Um, I I don't I don't use it often. I uh, never put it on my phone because I didn't want that. And uh, even though I was just using it on my desktop, it destroyed my productivity when I was using it. And, just from uh, having the tab open and checking it, you mean? Yeah, like just going back and forth and checking it or like just engaging in a conversation or doom scrolling or, oh, look, there's a notification and that pulls you back in. It is an absolute attention grabbing engine. It's so good at it. It's crazy. It's Um, crazy how good I realized when I logged on just to promote this instantly, I saw a tweet that annoyed me where if I hadn't had for once a little bit of discipline about it, I probably would have just like gotten drawn. It just instantly surfaces stuff that will elicit some reaction into you and cause you to click. They're just, they're, they're evil geniuses. And I think I find Twitter so much more addictive than any other social media platform I've tried. Yeah. Um, it, uh, same here. Um, I, like I was on Facebook a long time ago. I got rid of that for privacy reasons, basically more personal than the ethereal privacy concerns. But uh, it, it when I was on Twitter, it was just like, holy fuck. And the sad thing is I got on Twitter because in 2020, when basically the U.S. started eating itself alive, I uh, I wanted to get a better picture of like what was actually happening out there. And I didn't think I was getting it from the news, truthfully. And uh, ever since then, I still kind of feel that that's like the one thing I think I'm missing is like, I, I feel like I don't like I'm burning my head in the sand. Yeah. Um, by not going on, like it's it's total FOMO, obviously, but it's also real. Like I just know less. <laughs> Don't you think it could be that certain aggregation in newsletters could partly fill that gap? I bet if you subscribe to like the three right daily newsletters, free ones, um, 
Like at this point, you can either you can pay well pay or some of them are free. Have someone else do that, like just surfacing opinions you you should see for you, right? I guess yeah, it's not the same. It's like less organic. Yeah, this is kind of how I live now. I, I worry about you know I'm just crafting my own bubble in a different space, but uh, I I just pay attention to a lot of kind of counter narrative spaces like independently like yeah. on, on youtube or on substack i'm like sub to maybe six or seven people on substack and yourself included jesse and thank um, you very much and uh i feel like between that plus the news that just filters in from you know conversations with friends and coworkers, that kind of stuff i, I get a better picture of the world that way than if i was just reading like the new york times or fox news or something yeah so, I think there's probably a happy medium somewhere between just reading major outlets and doom scrolling on Twitter. I, to me, it really is like, this is not an original observation, but it's just the sheer quantity of um, opinions that get puked all over your face when you're on Twitter. And it tends over time to be crazier and crazier ones. And one of my motivations for wanting to leave is seeing individuals, some of whom I know in person, I really think Twitter is making them crazier. Like I've said this before. You can't, you can't know which way causality runs. It could be people who are dealing with other stuff, get drawn to Twitter. But I I think a couple of my buddies, like this is just deranging them. Just the constant exposure to like culture or stuff in this raw way. Yeah. I think empirically that plays out. If you look at people like Tristan Harris and Jonathan Hyde, who do research on the effect of social media on people just individually, psychologically, that does seem to be the case. Yeah. There's, um, there's a good argument, uh, argument article by, um, Gideon Lewis Krauss in the New Yorker about height and limitations to that research. Um, I bet it's true. I'm just not sure we yet have research or might not ever have research that can prove it. Yeah, I, th- I think Height even recognizes that. Where the, he, he uh, I've seen him talk about it, and he'll explicitly say, like, yeah, there are limitations to how much we can draw from it. Yeah, and, but it's just a matter of we need to do that, not we've been proven proven otherwise. Yeah, uh, this this went on a bit longer than I thought. I actually wanted to talk about something more, more. more I have a, like a grand theory of how Twitter is destroying the world. Are you interested, or do you want to move on? I'm, uh, uh, g- give me the elevator pitch, and then we can talk about it more maybe in a later room. Okay, so mimetics, as in the idea of of ideas transmitting as viruses and uh, in, in like an evolutionary framework, um, I think Twitter is like this ultimate like agar petri dish in, in like an incubator for uh, for like ideas to refine themselves to become transmissible. And uh, the fact that it selects for transmissibility and almost nothing else and does it at this crazy rapid pace means we get all of these ideas out in the public and, and in the minds of Twitter and other social media users that are untethered to reality, but have uh, a potentially extremely disproportionate impact on the world. Yeah, sort of like a high R not in vi- vi- virology terms, like they spread really easily. Yeah, and like, you know, if someone says something stupid on Twitter, it doesn't go anywhere. But if someone says something that people want to retweet, they do. And if people tweak it so it retweets faster, that's what ends up catching on. So it's like really good at that refinement plus the spreading. And then that's how you end up with things like all, all kinds of bad ideas get out there just because they're infectious. And they they are driving a lot of the country on on both sides that this is not a political thing though it ultimately gets into newsrooms and gets into politicians heads and becomes part of 
policy and affects everyone's lives, even though they're not on Twitter. Yeah, I think one of the things, like if you interviewed, if I interviewed myself in like 2010, first of all, it'd be pretty boring. But I, I bet I, I didn't realize at the time, like how many truly crazy ideas could find some purchase, like, you know, Pizzagate or the Sandy Hook stuff. These are fringe yeah. ideas with like, you know, four or 5% approval. But like, uh, I like your theory. It makes sense to me. It's like it, it, it is this sort of um, evolutionary fast forward button because there's so much content. And it if you tweet something, it becomes very clear. It's like if we used evolutionary biology, if we could immediately tell how reproducible an organism was and you could just go generations and generations in milliseconds. So anyway, I'm rambling, but I, your theory makes sense to me. Yeah. If you want to think on the next level, and then I'll jump out, is uh, what 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 holds it back? That this is what concerns me. What why what what stops this? I don't think anything does. It just seems like it drives itself. Uh, I'm concerned about that. Yeah. Uh, yep. Dark dark times, perhaps. KW, cheers yeah. up. K Dubs. All right. I'm going to go to the next caller, but if you jump back in, I will bump you to the front. Ben, who is a cat? It looks like. Hello. Yes, uh, that is that is my species. Um, yeah, uh, I was uh, maybe this is a little bit more cheerful, but probably not by much. I was wondering if you had heard about this, I guess, controversy surrounding the like Spider-Man game mod that had been going <laughs> oh, around. Oh no, no, <laughs> what, what now? No. So basically, there was a mod added to the game um, on Nexus Mods, which is kind of like a I think the biggest website index for for downloading mods for games and Spider-Man just released on PC so it's getting all sorts of mods really quickly and one of them was a mod to remove the pride flags in the game and replace them with American flags and so Nexus Mods basically removed the the mod and deleted the account of the person who who posted it and was basically put out a statement like we don't condone bigotry of any kind on our website and that kind of thing. And I, so this, the reason why I call it a controversy is because I don't think there's an issue with Nexus mods taking the mod down. Like they're free to decide what is allowed on their website and what's not. Maybe there's like a little bit of double standard because there's a lot of like, I'm not complaining about this necessarily either, but there's just a lot of like super misogynistic mods out there, like yeah. all the female characters naked or increasing their <laughs> oh, their God. proportions and stuff like that. So it's like it's not uh, consistent. I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be, but whatever. I guess my question is like, is there really anything that's that big of a deal about like wanting to replace the pride flags with American flags? I guess I don't. I don't see that as being like a hugely bigoted thing either, but I'm I not... think it's like a weird thing to put any effort into. And yeah. I would, but I, it's just, there's so many of these culture war things where I just feel like who cares. And I mean that yeah. like, obviously the company that made Spider-Man wants to make money and they put pride flags in the game. Cause they think that'll be good publicity, which whatever it probably is. Yeah. Video games have done military tie-ins forever. Like, you think they right. didn't stuff it with patriotic stuff around nine eleven? Um, I do. You know, I understand how if you have very different politics from mine or from a different culture, you probably find it a little bit heavy handed. I find the idea of banning someone for 
I just there's so there are so many levels of who cares here and yeah. multiple levels <laughs> of frustration at like how the whole country is at one another's throat over. Yeah. It increasingly feels like every little thing that happened has to be the biggest deal ever, which is yeah, not a healthy totally. way to live. I mean, I was debating even mentioning this because I think it's so silly on pretty much. I mean, it's all interesting. Sides. It's silly, but it's also yeah. in a way it's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, I I also wanted to tag on to um what Pongo too was saying earlier about about um reading and I've gotten back into that a lot more lately and I just started reading um Grapes of Wrath. It was a book that I guess I had always like heard about being a, a classic and I never read it in school and turns out like the books that people say are good are really fucking good. <laughs> it's uh it's phenomenal. I'm like I've never read that. I probably in school had to read Of Mice and Men three different times between like third mm-hmm. and ninth grade well, not third grade. It was definitely signed it multiple times. Yeah, never Grapes of Wrath. So I should. Yeah, Steinbeck's great. If you're if you're looking for a, a sort of, I guess, depression era, you know, story in the Midwest, it's definitely interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you, Ben. Yeah, for sure. All right, KW. Let's give us another shot with the mic. KW. There it goes. There we go. Is it working? Yep, we're good. Okay, I had trouble getting this thing to work. It gave me a brand new pop-up message that I couldn't figure out how to get rid of. But That's not good. We're, all right, we're good now. Uh, glad you guys were talking about Twitter, because in my case, I told you I quit Twitter in 2018, but I kept going on and stalking people, because I think what happened to me was uh, the Michael Hobbs mentality of Twitter is a voice for the marginalized people, and if you avoid it, you don't like marginalized people, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, that that kind of crap got in my head, and it, um, it's finally starting to wean off of me. Uh, after a few years, it's like leaving a cult, man, I swear. Yeah. Um, but what I did want to say is, first of all, congratulations on uh, progressing in Elden Ring. I'm playing that <laughs> myself you. as well. Yeah, it's pretty I'm amazing, actually, the scope of it. Uh, I'm on the final boss, believe Oh, it. damn, dude. Is that the Elden Lord, yeah. or is that not the final boss? Uh, no spoilers. Strategy, don't don't tell me. Something, I, don't, I, yeah. I don't know how to describe it, but God, this game's hard. It's the first, it is also the first uh, From Software game I've played, too, and I've died probably thousands of times. Uh, yeah, also, I think I'm 45 hours okay. in, and it, it says I'm 16% through. I definitely started oh, yeah. very slow, but it's it, it just the the scale of it, and it's insane. I, I it's obviously it's going to go down as one of the best games of all time. It's insane. Yeah, and also glad you finally watched RRR. I mean, very enjoyable. Highly recommend it. Yeah. Oh man, I've seen it twice already, and I I feel like an idiot for missing it when it was in theaters. But was it in theaters here in the states? It was uh, back oh, in March. Uh, for a couple of weeks, and then it returned for about a day or two in June. My only gripe is that on Netflix, it uh, they only have the Hindi dub instead of this right. the language. Which is it Telugu? Telu- right. That's what um, I found that out eventually. Now, granted, I didn't even notice uh, right. when I was watching that. I guess the languages were similar enough to. I mean, I guess it just it, it doesn't. Yeah, obviously, I couldn't notice, but I just. Hindi is like a world language, and I think this is a much smaller language, so it's like cool that a a Tollywood film got this na- uh, international acclaim, so it would have been cool to hear it in the original language. Not that it matters that it much. It would, and maybe it'll get there one day. Yeah. 
I hope if there's enough acclaim, spread the word. Spread Twitter, the acclaim. It'll be the it'll be the only good thing you ever do. <laughs> exactly. And but I guess what I really wanted to get to, and I hadn't got a chance to t- tell you this beforehand, but I did read your Spectator article about rise of the anti woke weirdos, and I also listened to that. Uh, three-man podcast you did with Freddie DeBoer and Ethan Strauss. Uh, no. Both of those were great. Thank you. And I completely agree with you that, you know, it's freaking crazy that even if you hate the woke shit that's going on in, like, liberal institutions and on Twitter and such places, that it's ridiculous to just turn tail and be like, I'm voting for the GOP now just because of this. Like, yeah. uh, I'm with you that you just got to have something higher than culture war garbage you have to ask yourself look what is what role do i want government to play what really matters what do i want to see and vote based on that not on how annoying people are being online yeah that being said i am wondering something do you think the you know all these far left weirdos these blue check journalists uh, the blow ups that are going on in institutions do you think they should hold up their end of the bargain and not alienate people so much so that this doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, they would, they wouldn't see it that way, but I, I think the sort of judgmental and inhospitable nature of a lot of like public facing lefty culture certainly can't help. I mean, the, this has been long a conservative trope that like liberal elitists don't understand us. They don't respect us. And, there's always been some truth to it. It's also often been a little bit overblown, but it's harder and harder to argue with it. There's just this level of um, contempt. And maybe the contempt goes both ways, but uh, in terms of cultural power, liberals run everything. So I, it's not good. I uh, I try to be outspoken about my views on things like Trump, where I have very strong opinions, but I don't think that means like – I think people you know. who support him are, are misguided. I don't think it makes them evil or morons because people – yeah. Very different views, but yes, I, it does so, not help to, to see the world in such uh, black and white hues. Yeah, and I think that's part of what Twitter's doing to us because uh, it's not just the woke people it's captured. It's all, as we both know, it's captured these sort of, uh, as you said, the anti woke weirdos. Everyone's like going crazy on Twitter. Yeah, James Lindsay. Like James Lindsay, who I'm actually glad is gone, by the way. He, he yeah. got banned from Twitter. It's. I'm not normally a censorship person, but there's got to be a line somewhere. Yeah, it's and, hard. It was hard to defend him. And, you know, it's just I I do feel like there's been a lots of talk of a vibe shift lately. And maybe it's just me. Maybe it's because I got promoted. My job is going better. Congratulations. I'm making more money and I'm finding things to do offline like enjoy more baseball. I'm here in Maryland. The Orioles are having a surprisingly great year and I'm watching their games almost every night. That's awesome. And, and I'm doing stuff like getting far in Elden ring. It, I don't know if it's just me or the fact that there really is a vibe shift going on. And maybe the tide is finally slowly little by little turning against the sort of angry social justice politics that are going on. But I feel like, the further we get a, we get from the madness of 2020, especially the summer of 2020, the better we look. I'm with you. You think there's any truth to that? Absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot of stuff has calmed down. Um, 
just on the podcast we recorded today, Katie remarked that it's hard to even imagine what things were like, like two years ago because they're so different. So I'm with you. I, uh, I share your optimism, and uh, I'm glad things are going better for you, too. Yeah, thank you. It's nice Thanks. to have some optimism for a change. Yeah. Thank you. I won't say, as a technically a Red Sox fan, I won't say go Orioles, but I, uh, you know, hope they continue to do it well. With Sox, hey, at, least you're not a, at least you're not a Yankees fan. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, KW. No problem. Uh, Jeff? Hey, Jesse. Hey. Hey, so I'm going to be the contrarian here and say that, like, Twitter can actually be fine if you use it right. I'm I open to this argument, but what's, what's your version of using it right? <laughs> Well, I, I mean, uh, you hear a lot of people constantly calling Twitter like the hell site and everything. And I, I mean, I think part of that is that the people who are most vocal are the people who have the huge audience who, you know, you have 10,000, 20,000, 100,000 followers. Yeah, Twitter is going to be difficult to use. Yeah. If you're a normie who has, you know, a three digit follower account like I do, you know, Twitter is fine. <laughs> I think and there's you, something to that. And if and I think there are certain sub communities that are just much less toxic than media and politics Twitter. Oh yeah. And you know, I, I think even, you know, people with bigger follower accounts are a lot of times just terrible at curating their follower list. Like people will follow people who make them angry. People will you know, whether it's because they feel obligated, you know, I can't miss out on, you know, whatever the latest t- Twitter controversy controversies are or whatever. Yeah, I think a lot of people are really bad at just not unfollowing people who make them angry, unfollowing people who retweet people who will reliably make them angry. I've gotten better at that because I realized a lot of the people I follow are just filling my feed with garbage. And I was thinking of writing something for my subject more generally on just like the lost art of ignoring stuff, which like is harder and harder these days. Like you need to know how to ignore stuff to live a decently non-tweaked out life. And it's... Hard for me to ignore stuff sometimes. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I'm sure it's harder with like a like a, a bigger audience, but you know, I, I see even a lot of people with like you know much smaller audience, like much more niche, who just have very unhealthy habits in terms of you know they will purposely like hate follow people. Yeah, I have never gotten hate following. It's not. It's just people. In a weird way, people like to be mad. Twitter proves that. And it's oh, not, it's yeah, not a healthy yeah. I, I, and, like, I can see the appeal of that. And, like, I've fallen victim to that sometimes, for sure. You know, just, like, going down a rabbit hole of, like, oh, what are why are people mad about this? I'm going to get mad about this. But yeah, uh, not a good way it, to live. <laughs> yeah, and, I, I like, I... I think, like, especially for people who are not, like, giant media figures, if you can, like, prune people who constantly retweet stuff, it will annoy you. And you, if you can get it down to the point where, like, you're hearing about the latest stupid Twitter shit, like, third hand, to the, you're like, okay, here's a reference to a reference to the like, yeah, stupid bullshit thing, then you're in a good it. place on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Well, K- I mean, also, as someone who... Because I've tweeted so much, I do have a big account. KW pointed out I could only use it to promote my stuff. And in the past, I've tried to do that, like just sign in to promote stuff and sign out. But I always get sucked back in somehow. But I am in a position where if I had discipline, I could just sign in, take advantage of the the followers and promote stuff and sign back out. So I probably shouldn't complain that much because a lot of this is self-inflicted. I've definitely seen some people who have, have, like you, I don't I'm taking a break from Twitter and sort of end up using it in kind of write-only mode. Yeah. Yes, write-only, yeah. They have built up this huge huge audience 
And so then they can just kind of use it to like, you know, here's my latest thing or even like not even just using it. You know, there's the thing where you kind of just use it for promo stuff. Yeah. But I've seen some people who, you know, don't want to be like going getting into the stupid back and forth on Twitter if it leads to bullshit. But so they will still like put out their opinions and stuff, but they're just, they're, they're not checking replies or even now with like the Twitter features where you can not turn on replies. They're just like not turning on replies, just using it as like, you know, here's my broadcast thing. Yeah. I think, I think. And there's a certain perspective where people say, Oh, you, you know, you're, you're a coward for turning off replies or whatever, but you know, no, you're not. I think there's <laughs> some, there's something to that. If you could just, you know, you have a big audience, you can just use it as a broadcast thing. Like, I, you don't... I think the, I've never under, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. The, the you're a coward thing is so dumb. And the only people who say you're a coward are the people who want to tweet abuse at you. I oh, list yeah. through like half a dozen ways to get in touch with me and I respond usually if I remember. I get a lot of emails or, uh, moderate number. If someone sends me a thoughtful email about why they think I'm wrong, I will definitely read it and I might respond uh, if I can. So, Which I think is a good way to do it because it's, you know, sending an email to someone when they their email is readily available is not a huge barrier, but it is a barrier. You and need a barrier. Uh, right. That's a, exactly it's the it's right the level like, of barrier. Yeah. It's the like 30 seconds of having to look it up. That is enough to deter a lot of the bullshit that would happen if someone was able to just, you know, reply to your tweet with or the, quote tweet you or whatever. There have been times when so many people were mad at me on Twitter. I was like trending when I got maybe five emails about it. It's crazy oh, yeah. how many people yeah, yeah. have this like very intense but shallow anger where they won't even bother to send you. Anyway, uh, I'm with you. And it Everything gives, a, and it gives, and it gives a very distorted view of, you know, what people are, are thinking. like, you know, it's been said a million times that Twitter is not real life, but it's it's really incredibly true. distorted. Yeah, <laughs> all good points. I appreciate the call. All right, Twitter, that's all I got. Twitter does not have to be toxic if you uh, curate it right, or if you're smaller, or in certain subcultures. Craig, what's up? This might be uh, difficult. Oh, there we go. I was going to yeah, say it's a, hard a, since yeah, you're that, a, a dog to press the yeah, mic button. Yeah, woof woof. Um, no, I, uh, I called him a couple days ago about some other stuff. Um, but uh, the yeah, I guess on Android the uh, the app has a new pop up and it's like warning this app is about to use your certain permissions. Anyways, um, <laughs> everyone was like, "This how to not be as toxic on Twitter or how to not be as awful online." And I, I decided I was thinking I saw the call in notification and I was like, "Oh, I actually have two ideas for possible podcasts for Jesse. Maybe I'll shoot them by him." Yeah, do uh, two podcast ideas. Yeah. Um, so one of them is that is Andrew Tate, who just got banned off of Facebook and Instagram. The, uh, yeah, someone was talking about this yesterday. The red, that I, yeah, the, I, the red yeah. pill king. Yeah, and there's like sexual is. trafficking charges too. Yeah, so he's sex trafficking. I don't know as much about him, but I mean, I don't know like a ton about him. I know he's uh, some about him. About him. Um, I sadly watched Destiny a little bit, so I know I know about this guy. Um, yep. Yeah, uh, he's in the UK, lives in Romania right now, I believe, because he's avoiding taxes. Uh, he did something where he used to run a like cam service. Where yeah, was, like, well, we so we were we talked about exactly this yesterday. So I, I'm definitely gonna look into it. But what's your um, the okay, second the idea? One, okay, the, yep. the other one is um, I don't know if this person is too small for you. Um, maybe not. There's a person <laughs> called Keffels online. This is this is probably one that's gonna be get you way more in trouble. Oh, is Keffel's the one who got swatted in Canada? 
Oh, I saw them do. Okay, they're yeah, also at a Kiwi Farms, right? Yep. So that's why I figured it'd be perfect because you guys just did the Kiwi Farms thing. So she she got swatted. Apparently, she's also like over a hundred thousand followers on Twitter, like one hundred twenty thousand followers on Twitter. She she got swatted recently. Is this the one Destiny beefed with, or am I confused? Correct. Yeah. Okay. She beefs with like everyone, um, from what I understand. She's like raised like a hundred thousand uh, dollars from fans to move house because she got swatted. She's trying. She's talking about suing the Canadian government because the the Canadian police because the Canadian police had evidence under her dead name from for like a previous thing she was involved in. Jesus. Um. Yeah. She's she's active. People people online are not very like sad about her getting swatted because she's like actively in encourage people to get swatted before as like a decently popular streamer. Oh god. Um, then there's what else, what other drama is there? there oh, there's the uh, perfect for you. So she's a trans activist, and uh, she has supported a website here. Let's see if I can find the name of it really quickly. Um, it's a website that is a do-it-yourself hormone replacement therapy directory. Yeah. Their friend, their friend runs it, and like literally, apparently posts stuff about like how to like make uh, gender affirming like make hormones in your bathtub like literally like how literally how to make the hormones yourself people so yeah it seems pretty unsafe (laughs) yeah it seems pretty unsafe i just figured like hey these are because of the kiwi farms connections with keffels and the no those are both good i appreciate it i'm gonna look into the god help me i'm gonna look into the keffels stuff too (laughs) yeah i'm sorry (laughs) yeah no it's okay it's my my cross to bear is reading about horrible people and then monetizing content but then i get to then we get to enjoy listening to you talk about it exactly that's the upside hey thanks (laughs) Thanks, craig all right (laughs) henry is gonna have to be my last call but um i'll be doing another one of these this weekend so the rest of you guys if you chat me in the next room reminding me that i didn't get to you i'll bump you the front henry is that mount that's not mount hood is it what mount is that that's uh, that's I be- I don't remember. It was uh, it's either Whistler or Blackham. It's, er- it's okay. in that neighborhood. I I took cool. it on one of those peaks. I don't remember. Yes. What's but, up? Um, what's up, Jesse? I'm a uh, long time listener, reader, first time caller. And, nice. Um, and a uh, I I also heard you mention on Rogan that you went to uh, North. I'm also a uh, North graduate. Although, oh, cool. I, although I went in the uh, the newer a different building. Yeah, they bail, after I graduated high school, I'm talking to everyone else now, but after I went to this high school, it's it's an affluent uh, town, but our high school was just like the shittiest high school ever, and it was like built, the The rumor is, there were like weird dead ends and curvy hallways, the rumor was it was built to like stifle student protests in the 60s, I don't know if that's true, but then after I left, they built a gleaming new like church to rich white suburbanites. <laughs> it seems like exactly. a nice building. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it was I think it was one of the top most expensive like public high schools at the time. Yeah. The, yeah, my dad is really into architecture. He always said when I was a kid that that old building was built by uh like Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Uh, but uh but anyway, the my question is um uh it's a kind of a basic question and uh you've probably gone over it before. And um, if so, uh, I either am forgetting or I miss it. But um, I was just wondering if you could kind of talk real quick about what your thoughts on, like, general thoughts on, like, just, like, the non-binary, just generally just non-binary stuff. I 
the only thing I, that comes to mind when thinking like I just remember Katie mentioned one time like kind of jokingly that like it started on Tumblr in 2013 or something like that but um but I can't remember yeah or, yeah I was just wondering if you'd be willing to say yeah whatever. I mean my my policy is um I'll use the pronouns people ask me as a matter of etiquette uh you know including they I in my circles um there are some circles in, in liberal spaces where it seems like a lot of people have come out as trans. That hasn't really been the case in my fairly normy Obama-ish circles. But, uh, yeah, I use people's you know uh, pronouns. I With the non-binary thing, I have generally found – I've read a lot of articles about like what it means to be non-binary or non-binary people talk about their gender identities. What I usually find is that when they describe their gender identity, it like – I, it applies to me too. It'll be like, you know, I don't really feel like a male or a female, or I, I don't like male gender expectations. It a lot of the times it sounds a little bit political, or like you find that you don't you you're constricted by gender roles. So to me, the <clears throat> the potentially problematic aspect of it is the idea that if you don't like male gender roles or you don't feel comfortable. Um, being subjected to gendered expectations, that means you're not a man or that you should announce you're not a man. And I think there's been very, except in like gender critical spaces, there's been very little conversation about what that means. And I think it's, it's particularly interesting and important when it comes to like uh, teenage girls who are really transitioning in high numbers. And um, it's just, it's very different from like the sort of old school trans people I've interviewed for whom it really isn't, like gender roles might be a part of it, but they just really have like a visceral sense. They can't live as a man or a woman. And it's much more internal and just about like a visceral feeling than some of the discourse I've seen on like non-binary gender identities. Does that, did I sort of answer the question? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Thanks Jesse. Yeah. No worries. Um, yeah, it's, uh, that one's, that one's complicated, but, uh, yeah. good one to end on. Anything else, Henry? Um, no, no, I think that's all the, um, yeah, yeah. I think that's all. appreciate it, Jesse. Thank you. Norris. Yeah. Hopefully that was a decently, uh, sensitive answer. I do like, um, you know, I try to respect the way people feel about themselves. I think that's important. Um, I don't want to cause like undue distress, but this, I, the idea that we can't ask questions about, you know, the new way to talk about gender is silly. Uh, on that note, again, sorry to the folks I didn't get to in the queue. Um, just, like I said, if you can join this weekend, I think I'll do one Sunday morning. I haven't decided yet. Uh, just chat. Remind me that I said I'd bump you to the front, and I will do so. But in the meantime, I hope everyone has a good weekend. Please spread the word about the show if you like it. Uh, and thank you for tuning in. Farewell.